Happy hump day, everybody. Nate Dickinson here on KATE 1450. You're listening into the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. We got a good show lined up for you today. Coming up on today's show, we're going to break down the game yesterday over Boston College. The first matchup for the Gopher basketball team with a test against another Power 5 school. Gophers passed it just barely in overtime in an 85-80 to win. More on that coming in just a moment. Also, P.J. Fleck held his first press conference since the team officially got back to team activities over the weekend. We talked about what he had to say. Also break down what Richard Pitino had to say after the game yesterday because uh, honestly a lot of what Fleck had to say was about COVID and I don't want to talk about COVID too much. So we'll get into all that later on here on the program. But first, you're listening into the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. You give us a half hour every day, we'll get you an update on everything going on with this team. And in that spirit, we'll start off the show today as we do every day with a look around what's going on in Minnesota sports right now. Just keep you up to date on everything going on in university news. The Minnesota hockey team is off to a scorching hot start. Now 7-0 after a 3-1 win at Michigan yesterday. Team will actually be back on the ice against the Wolverines tonight at 7 p.m. This team obviously has a lot of hype around it. People are starting to get excited about this squad, how deep it is, how it's the most talented the Gophers may have had in a long time, and they're living up to the hype so far. Also, we mentioned already on the basketball court, Minnesota beat Boston College yesterday, 85-80 to in overtime. Marcus Carr led the way with 22 points in 40 minutes played for the Gophers. He really came to life in the second half, though, after a slow first half helping the Gophers overcome a big deficit in that half to get the win. Also, the Minnesota women's basketball team, just a quick update, they'll be on the court tonight against Michigan State. Team right now 1-1, just barely squeaked by Eastern Illinois, and then lost by 33 to Drake over the weekend. Not the best start for Lindsey Whalen's squad, but they've had plenty of ups and downs before. Gotta hope there's more ups coming soon. Uh, Before we get into anything that happened last night on the basketball court for the Gophers, I did want to start the show with just one quick takeaway from what I heard from P.J. Fleck earlier this week. We'll get into everything from his press conference in a minute. But he talked when he was asked about just talking to players about not playing potentially the rest of this season. Because while the Gophers should be back on Saturday, and we'll break down all those numbers later on in the show too, There's still plenty of players who won't be playing against Nebraska and may not play another game this season. And it could mean for some of them that the end of their Gopher football careers is here. Now, PJ talked a lot about the future in response to this, really just discussing, well, first off, how the NCAA is giving anyone a year back if they want it. Anyone can come back. So this wouldn't end anyone's Gopher career if they don't want it to, you know. But he talked about being able to talk with these guys about next season and going forward a little bit more this year than he has in the past. And it was just one of those things that struck me as those byproducts of the pandemic that you really don't understand if you're not in it, you know? Like PJ Flex in there every day. He's able to talk to his guys who maybe aren't feeling the same motivation after a season that's going to end up only being a few games and going into a game against Nebraska without all that much to play for, really. I mean, a Big Ten win, sure. Getting back to 500, of course. But as far as what this team really has to play for, as opposed to what it was hoping to play for this season, obviously the bar is much lower. But being able to talk to those kids about, hey, 
let's talk about next year. Let's talk about getting you ready for the future as both a gopher and just a football player and a person in general. Something P.J. Fleck talked a lot about, too, the mental health of his team. That's something I feel like coaches should do a lot more of, not just during the pandemic. Because he discussed a lot about how right now it's just winning the one game every single week. So much of the time, it's always such a big focus on what's happening in the moment. But Fleck has liked, apparently, that he's been able to talk to his players more about this kind of stuff. And I think it's something coaches should do more. Not that Fleck doesn't do it enough, but I feel like talking to players about the futures and understanding their careers as athletes more can really help them out both on and off the field going forward. I don't know, just something for me. One other thing Fleck said that I thought was really interesting, it was something that came out of his mouth so smoothly. You know, he said it before in practices, but it's just one of those motivational things that I thought was cool. He said, trained behavior becomes boring habits. Boring habits become elite instincts. Something I thought was really cool. Trained behavior becomes boring habits. Boring habits become elite instincts. You can make a calendar with all the quotes that this guy has, but that was just a good one that I thought it was something that he just kind of zoomed over right away, but something that kind of stuck in my head. I had to go back and listen to it again. Train behavior, boring habits, boring habits, elite instincts to really understand. It's some, it's just one of those things you can put on a bulletin board, like so much of what Coach says. All right, well, anywho, the Gopher basketball team is able to chill out today after a tight win over Boston College. And for those who are able to do so, I'm sure they are reaching for a Coors Light. Why, you might ask? Well, they're the beer that's literally made to chill. Cold filtered, cold lagered, and cold packaged as well. Crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. So whenever you're done watching a stressful Gopher basketball game or Gopher football game, one of those have been much, much more stressful this season, you can reach for a Coors Light, the one I choose when I need to unwind. When you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Remember, celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Well, after you're done chilling out, you might need to get yourself revved back up again. And for that, we've got Built Bar. Yes, you know about Built Bar. We've told you about them before. It's the protein bar that has all sorts of different flavors. And the real difference in this one is that it tastes so good. You can get your protein from so many different sources nowadays. Why go to Built Bar over any of the others? Because they got great flavors like Apple Almond Crisp, Cherry Barcia, a little play on Cherry Garcia, Cookies and Cream, your original flavors like coconut, orange, peanut butter, raspberry. All sorts of flavors. You can find one that you like for sure. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Soft and easy to chew. Not going to be getting all sorts of granola stuck into your teeth or anything like that. Built Bars are healthy though too. We're talking 18, 19 grams of protein per bar while at the same time having under 200 calories and under 5 grams of carbs and sugar overall. Built Bar has everything you may need to get yourself going again. And right now we got a cool deal for you as well. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. I'll be back in just a minute. We're going to talk about the Gopher game yesterday on the hardwood. Big win over Boston College. Not by the biggest of margins, though. But the Gophers made a nice little comeback in the second half. We'll break it all down in just a second. Nate Dickinson with the Locked On Golden Gopher podcast. Back here on the Locked On Golden Gopher podcast, Nate Dickinson with you. 
We're breaking down everything that went down last night between the Minnesota Gophers and the Boston College Eagles on the hardwood. But first, coming up tomorrow, the Gophers are back at it on the basketball court again, playing off against the Kansas City Kangaroos. We'll tell you about everything the Roos have to offer and let you know what the things to watch are for tomorrow night. Also, we'll break down everything that happens tonight, both women's basketball in action tonight as well as the Gopher hockey team. We'll get into all that on tomorrow's show on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Right now, though, let's get into the nitty-gritty. Minnesota Gophers faced off against Boston College in the first matchup against another Power 5 team this season for the Gophers. Yesterday, a big win for Minnesota, 22 points for Marcus Carr, but let's break down everything that happened. I, I watched a game yesterday, I take notes as I am watching, and really just want to start by going over everything that I jotted down. First thing, just right off the bat, uh, I said Minnesota is showing some signs of kind of the difference between playing ACC opponents and others on defense, as far as like closeouts, running off screens, and things like that. And this was just something I noted as something I would ready, be ready to use as like an excuse if the Gophers have lost this game. I was going to look over and say like, all right, if Boston College like shot the lights out of this game, that's not good. But at the same time, I, I would at least account it a little bit to the idea that like North Dakota's great, good team. Loyola Marymount proved they're a good team. Green Bay, good team. It's not the ACC. Defending those teams are not the same kind of speed, skill level, athleticism as when you're facing off against an ACC squad. Even if it is Boston College, who's now 1-4, and, and a Boston College team that has not looked so great all this season really while going 1-4 and four either. Barely beat Rhode Island by just 5 points, lost to start the season against Villanova, but they've had a really tough schedule, losing to St. John's and then a big loss to Florida as well before Minnesota. But the point is that losing to an ACC team or letting an ACC team shoot like that early is at least, I think, attributed to a little bit of just the speed of the game. Because let's face it, while those are all good teams the Gophers were playing in their quote-unquote warm-up games, they were just that, warm-up games. And Kansas City, same thing. It's a warm-up game. You're supposed to be able to do things the way you want them at a little bit of a slower pace so you can start to figure things out. Bottom line is, when you're facing off against the Loyola Marymount, those are all players who get recruited to the school and get sold on things like, hey, you're going to be able to go to a game and play against a Minnesota at the barn and visit these historic college basketball gyms and play against some of the best teams in the country. And that's all great. But when you're getting recruited to go to Boston College, it's, hey, you know what? We got Duke, North Carolina, Virginia every year, sometimes twice a year. You think you can handle that? That's the difference. Loyola Marymount teams, their opportunities extend to the couple of preseason, beginning-of-the-season games they get against better teams. In Power 5 conferences, you're getting recruited to play the best teams in the country at the end of the season when it matters most to try and get your team into that NCAA tournament. That's just the way it is. So while the Gophers didn't look great on the perimeter on defense the entire game, and Coach Richard Pitino actually said he really liked what he saw out of the defense. We'll get to him next segment. But I would at least attribute part of that, at least in the beginning of the game, when things were starting to click for the Eagles, to Minnesota just kind of getting into the groove of playing that first game against a team that can really turn it up to that next level, like an ACC opponent can. That was just my first note. The second thing I noted was that 
the Gophers weren't shooting very well to start the game. I don't remember exactly what the percentages were, but Minnesota just did not have the touch at the start of things. And even throughout all of that, Minnesota stayed in it. And while the shooting wasn't great, that's a really good sign just of a good team being able to stick in a game with a team like a Boston College or like anybody else in a Power 5 school and being able to do it in a way that allows you to have an opportunity to win the game later, that's a really good sign. Being able to stay in games when the team isn't playing well, that's the sign of a good team. You want to be able to win your games when you're doing well, obviously, every time out, but that's not going to happen. And the Gophers were able to at least hang around while this team was trying to figure out what it was doing. And while Boston College was really showing that it could defend the Gophers really well up until those halftime adjustments. Overall, I was pretty happy with the team's defense. Outside of, like I said, that kind of closing out and working off screens and just getting the hustle at the very beginning going, I was really, really happy with what the team was able to do. And part of that turns into the second point I'm going to bring up here about Liam Robbins. And Liam Robbins is someone I want to talk about a lot later, but in that game against Boston College, I saw him working, and I feel like with him, and I guess I'll get into it right now with Robbins, yesterday was the first game when we got to see really everything that he can do. He filled the role that he needed, he scored inside, and he rebounded. And that's what the Gophers are going to ask him to do this season. He wasn't in foul trouble for the first time, I think, all year. Maybe North Dakota, he got some more time in there. But this guy is someone who they need to be able to at least be a presence inside as a rebounder and as a scorer too. He doesn't need to be elite. He doesn't need to be the scorer that Daniel Oturu was. There are plenty of other scorers now on this team to fill that side of it. But just be an inside presence. Somebody that when you get the ball down low, a team at least has to know that you have the ability to put a bucket in there. If I was looking at Liam Robbins, and I wrote this down yesterday too. I was looking at Liam Robbins yesterday, and I feel like with him, he's just one ability away or two abilities away from being a guy that I really, really like. Like, I like him now too. I've given him praise on this podcast before. I think he can be someone and fill in to a great degree, a greater degree than most people think, I think my opinion is, that he can fill in those shoes for Daniel Oturu and what he left behind. But... If I, he could just do one more thing or two more things more consistently, like he's a good inside defender, he can get blocked shots, he's a decent inside scorer, he can get buckets down low too. But I saw him just like throw up one shot that went in early yesterday that just made me think, man, I'm glad that shot went in, but why was it that I was so nervous about him getting the ball on the block before he even did anything? I'd like to think it was because I kind of had a feeling he was going to do exactly what he did, which was just kind of not put together a great post move and throw up a shot that, yeah, maybe it goes in, maybe it doesn't, but you don't feel like he had the advantage on the defender on it, you know? If he can do that a little bit more consistently, great. He has a great acrobatic shot-making ability down low. If he could get some easier buckets, I'd be happy there. If he could shoot the free throws a little bit better, I'd be happier there too. If he could stay out of foul trouble just a little bit more. I'd be a lot happier with him. It, it's just those little things. You know the skills there. If he could just do that one or two little thing a little bit better, I'd be so much happier with what I'm seeing out of Liam Robin so far. Because we did see it yesterday. He was able to play 37 minutes. He got 14 points, 8 rebounds, I think was the final line. And that's enough for him. That's exactly what the Gophers need him to be able to be this season. And if he can just do it without getting the fouls, without having to 
rely so much on shots that are high difficulty down low. He can be an elite guy. I don't know if what that translates to when he has to face off against like the Luka Garzas and the Iotasumus of the league, but I guess we'll figure that out when we get to it. And Robbins does have some time to grow up until then, too. Uh, another couple of notes I just made while watching the game. Booth Gotch's transition ability just continues to impress me to a level that I didn't think I would be able to get to so far this season. He's been incredible as far as moving the ball from one side of the court to the other. We mentioned before how his ability to kind of get the or get Marcus Carr off the ball is going to be really, really good. But he just continues to amaze me with his ability to handle the ball, to be a guy who has the court vision to bring the ball up the court in transition. And he's someone, when the Gophers want to get going, like Booth Gotch is someone who's going to get a lot of touches. He's just so good at being able to find the lanes, at least through the first few games again, and find the right guy or be the right guy himself. That I think that Richard Pitino is really going to start to lean on him a lot more as the season continues to go on. He's just someone who plays the way that Patino wants to play and does it really, really well as a guy who's long and can dribble and can drive and can shoot. Booth got someone I think is going to continue to just get a bigger and bigger role in one that's already pretty big already. I did also note at the end, though, that getting a supporting cast for Marcus Carr kind of established is something we really need to see. Booth Gotch can do a lot, but he is more of a wing. I'd like to see someone like a Gabe Kalsher or maybe a Jamal Mashburn Jr. or whoever it may be, be able to fill in that role alongside Marcus Carr. But that's just kind of a small thing I wrote down. Wasn't even really related to that game itself, more as just like team as a whole kind of deal. Booth Gotch, I think, can be that guy, but I think that you do need to be a really good team, someone who has that kind of second punch in the one-two punch of Carr and that guy. I think Gotch is the leading candidate right now, but it would be interesting to see going forward who Patino leans on in those kind of roles. Big picture before we move on here, and we've spent a lot of time talking about this, but that's fine. I've wanted to spend a lot of time talking about this game. Big picture stuff looking forward. Uh, Gophers passed another test. I mean, you can get as cliche and vague as you want to, but the fact is that was the first overtime game Minnesota's had to play this year, not the first close game by any means, but it was the first overtime game. It was the first game against a Power 5 team, and the Gophers stood up tall. Would have been very easy to lie down and lose that game in OT. I don't know what it says about the team as a whole, but I do know that winning overtime games, at least in my book, matters regardless of what the stats are behind it. So I think that's a good thing. I thought there were goods and bads to be had across this game, like team didn't shoot too well, but it took a whole lot more shots than what Boston College did because it was able to get rebounds and it turned the ball over less. Minnesota, by the way, won the rebounding battle for the second straight game. That was after the second Loyola Marymount game, I believe. Patino was preaching about how the rebounding needed to get better. Teams won the rebounding battle every time that they've gone out. Only twice, but since he said that. The team hasn't actually turned the ball over more than its opponents all year. That's something I was interested to learn. I thought maybe those Marymount games might have resulted in a game where the Gophers were a little sloppier, but they at least did better than their counterparts all season. And I think that's a big thing to key in on going forward because that's part of the reason the team can do more this year. That efficiency. When the Gophers were losing close games down that stretch, you just felt like the efficiency wasn't there. 
you knew the skill was there. You saw it for 35, 36 minutes of the game a lot of the time. But there were just those few instances every single time, it seemed, where Minnesota would mess up in a way that the other team just didn't. And that was one of those things you hoped the experience could correct. And at least as far as the turnover column goes, it's looking a lot better this year, too. Again, it's really early, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. It was one game against one Power 5 team so far. But I'm still very encouraged by how much more mature these players like Kalsher and Carr are really, really looking out there on the court. They feel like they are more comfortable out there, and obviously Marcus Carr has looked a whole lot better as a leader of this team, too. We'll take another break here on the Locked On Golden Gopher podcast. Coming up to wrap up the show, press conferences to talk about. P.J. Fleck had his first one since the big COVID outbreak stopped team activities this week. And we'll learn what Richard Pitino had to say after the big win yesterday over Boston College, too. That's coming up in just a minute right here on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Nate Dickinson with the Locked On Podcast Network. Back on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast, Nate Dickinson with you here. Before we get into what went down on the press conferences for both P.J. Fleck earlier this week and Richard Pitino after the win last night, we'll get into what's going on on the Locked On Vikings podcast tomorrow. Now, if you don't already know about the Locked On Vikings podcast, I'm assuming you do if you're listening to this, they have been around a long time. Luke Braun does an outstanding job, not really just being entertaining, but he's so smart too. Like, I'm a guy who will bring you the information, but as far as like, The deep analysis in the play calling and the coverages and things like that, Luke knows really everything that's going on in the NFL and with the Vikings especially. And Crossover Thursday is tomorrow across all Locked On NFL Network podcasts. It'll be the Vikings' Luke Braun connecting with, I'm assuming, whoever run things over with Locked On Bucks with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Crossover Thursday is a great way to get a quick breakdown of every game for your fantasy team or your parlay. Crossover Thursday is only on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, including the Minnesota Gophers, who we'll get into right now as we wrap things up here on Locked On. We're getting into press conferences. We'll talk a little bit about what P.J. Fleck had to say Monday. It was a lot about just coronavirus stuff, and I don't want to talk too much more about coronavirus stuff than we have to. So we'll get into him and also talk a little bit about what Richard Pitino had to say after the win yesterday. But starting with Fleck, he was obviously questioned first about the virus and when the team got back to everything. Uh, First official practice was Sunday. Fleck did explain that there's like steps the team goes through with all that, like they had walkthroughs before that, then were able to get some one-on-one time before that with players. And it was really a gradual easing in, just trying to get back into the swing of things while they could do whatever they can during these protocols. But that was really the biggest thing, was that the team got back on Sunday. He said there have been zero positive tests as of December 3rd, two positive tests in the last seven days. But he stressed right after that, that does not mean that everyone's going to be back this weekend against Nebraska. Coach Flex said that there will still be 20-plus players unavailable for that game this weekend. So it's not going to be a full-fledged gopher team. But that's really what everyone's dealing with right now. Only thing I wanted to get into elsewhere with Fleck was a little rant he went on about caring. Uh, Someone asked, I think, about, I'm not sure the exact question, but just about how teams are staying motivated during this time where it's on and off. And has he had trouble 
trying to get these guys like ready to go. And and Fleck was very football coachy about this. Basically, the the discussion was really just like, it, it takes a lot to get out onto a football field. It takes a lot to get to this level of the game. And PJ's point really was just that, like, you can't do anything in football at this level without caring, you know? Like, you have to do it every single day. Get up, care about going to work out, care about going to practice. If you made it this point, you've pretty much established that you care. And it's not something that I think is a really big point either way. It's just what Flex spent a lot of time, I think, the most time more than anything else talking about. Because I feel like there's a lot of things like that that coaches don't like having to answer like not that it's a bad question I think it's a perfectly valid question by whoever it was that asked but it's obviously the coaches who are going in and seeing these guys sweated out every single day he's the one seeing these guys go through these protocols and have to be closed off from their friends and family if they're close by and really not be able to live the life of a college student which is part of the allure of coming to play college football I think he feels for his team because of that, and I feel like he, he really displayed a lot of that when explaining just how much he knows these guys care. It, it was something that I just wanted to touch on for a second. But let's get more into what Richard Pitino had to say yesterday after the big win over Boston College. Now, Pitino uh, was obviously giving a lot of praise to those guys who came up off the bench in the second half, went on that big run. I'm talking about guys like Jamal Mashburn, uh, Isaiah Innan, if that's exactly how you say it. I'm still not 100% on how you say his name. I feel like it's done a different, bunch of different ways. But anyway, uh, in mentioning Brandon Jackson, who got injured late last night, he, he said it looked like he was in pain. He hopes it isn't serious. I, I don't know what that means, but... Again, I think you have to at least hope right now that that's just some sort of bad sprain for him. Because if he was fine, Patino would have said that, right? He would have said, oh, he'll be all right. He'll be back. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up missing time just based on Patino not saying that he wasn't going to miss time. Like he seemed in his tone like he was kind of hesitant to say anything definitive. You hope it's something that is just like a sprain and something that won't nag at him throughout the season and that he's going to be able to be back really soon. But I wouldn't be surprised if, say, like tomorrow, he's held out against Kansas City. Wouldn't be surprised at that at all. Only other things that he mentioned, Patino, that I was surprised by, uh, he thought the defense was great off the start. I think his words kind of corresponded with what I thought. Like, he said the team was hitting threes in Boston College early, but he didn't think it was the defense's fault. Maybe that plays into what I said earlier about the team kind of having to get used to running up against another Power 5 team again. But I thought the defense was pretty good overall, too. It was just that kind of, uh, I guess, growing pain that you had to really get through the first few minutes that was the only problem. So uh, I was happy with everything Patino said and kind of agreed with everything he said yesterday as well. But the Gophers are back at it tomorrow against Kansas City. We'll have a preview of that matchup for you here on our podcast tomorrow. What do the Kangaroos bring to the court that the Gophers can try and test themselves with? We'll break down all of that as well as Gopher hockey and women's basketball in action tonight. We'll have recaps of everything that happens tonight and previews of tomorrow's game tomorrow right here on the Locked On Golden Gopher podcast. Until tomorrow, I'm Nate Dickinson. Roll the boat, Sky Uma. Go Gophers.